0: Hello and welcome to Divided by Brand, the weekly podcast show for entrepreneurs, business owners and influencers. If you want to learn more about branding, hear from industry experts and first-hand accounts, about ways that you might find yourself divided by your own business's brand, this is the show for you. Join me, your host, Dan O'Cock, a brand identity specialist with over 20 years design experience and founder of Vi Design Co. I'm gonna talk everything brand, but more specifically, I want to go behind the scenes of real life brand challenges that businesses and individuals have faced that has left them divided in their mind or divided by the people around them. I want you to learn with me exactly what real life brand divides people have faced and by overcoming them, did they help to create success? It's the show that's gonna have a host of different branding stories. I'm gonna be speaking with people on personal branding, corporate branding i want to speak with artists and designers even streamers i want to put these guests in front of you and get them to open up about their own brand divides and i think you'll agree that's quite enough jazzy intro can we just start the show please Welcome to this week's episode of Divided by Brand. My name's Dan Ocock and here's what's coming up on today's show. In the Divided by Brand Spotlight, I've got a superb guest. His name is Gareth Rafferty and Gareth is 21. He's still a student at university, but over the last two years, and this is the important part, Gareth has been building a personal brand. He's been using LinkedIn to get a lot of video content out there. And he also has a weekly podcast called Building from the Bottom. And at 21, Gareth now has his own podcast management agency called Newfound Media. Gareth says he's obsessed with marketing and he loves helping people get into content creation. So join me as we speak to Gareth about some of his brand challenges, some of the things that he's faced through all of this process and how he's helped to establish where he is now. I'm also going to ask Gareth who his boldest brand of the week is. Welcome to the show, Gareth. I'm really excited to have you on and I'm really looking forward to chatting to you um, and finding out where you are with your own brand and a little bit more about yourself and your own journey that you're currently on first up i just want to give the listeners a little bit of context and a bit of background um to set the scene let me let me just ask you what you've been up to over the last few weeks
1: yeah of course and of course thanks for having me over the past few weeks due to coronavirus and everything i've been sitting in my bedroom a lot more than what i usually would (laughs) focusing on creating content both for my business and my personal brand and also i've been helping others with their marketing, their podcasting, doing a bit of design work as well for a influencer marketing agency that I work for as well.
0: Awesome. And I know you're very active on LinkedIn. Um, it's kind of a big thing. Um, is it one of the main tools that you're using at the moment, LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, LinkedIn is my kind of prime focus.
0: Awesome. And I've got down here that you, I'm putting it as your background is sales and marketing. You've mentioned that that's you know, something that you're working in, is that alongside your university
1: course? So this year I decided to take it outside of university in between my second and my final year of my bachelor's degree. I'm doing what's known as a placement year or a year in industry. And initially I was working for a company helping to bring investment into the region and I was working on their marketing team. But now because of coronavirus and everything else that's going on, I got furloughed, but luckily that has allowed me to open my options to more opportunities that are available. And really it's turned out to be a huge opportunity for me.
0: That's awesome to hear. I love hearing these stories um, of success, even in the face of what we'll really can call adversity at the moment. Um, A lot of people that I'm speaking to are just taking that chance to get their head down and push on with, often passion projects so something that they've really wanted to do for a long time and they find themselves with time on the hands and, and they're just going for it is that what you found yourself?
1: Yeah 100% I've definitely been able to spend a bit more time doing those tasks that you wouldn't necessarily do on that normal weekly basis. Because of being stuck indoors it's allowed you to plan your time better but also use that time more efficiently to do those things that you've been putting off for the past month or two months.
0: Absolutely. And um normally I'd like to hear kind of if you can give me I tell you what, give me three wins from the last week if that you could pick on. If you've got three things that you've done that you've gone I'm really chuffed with how that's gone. What, what you what could you say is a win?
1: So my first win would be my personal brand. Um, I've definitely been focusing on the content side a lot more, making sure that there's higher quality and a higher standard there for the people that are viewing me on LinkedIn. So that's my first win. That's all kind of complete now, all structured and going great. My second win would be a kind of side project I got offered a few weeks ago. And all I have to do really is make a video, well, multiple videos and send them off what's known as the care leavers covenant because i was brought up in foster care and it's just videos about what i've been up to during the coronavirus what my tv show is that i'm binge watching at the moment all those types of different questions that they're then going to share out to other care leavers as a ray of hope that they can do the things that they want to do and have fun during this period of time and then my third point would be um something I've been working on recently but I was kind of nervous to admit it to myself but I'm shifting my company and I finally over the past week agreed with myself that I'm going to pivot my company so that's quite a hard decision to make and I'm in a really happy position because I now know where things are going to go forward and where I'm going
0: to take things and all of that sort of stuff. What an awesome set of wins. Well done. That's really good to hear. Um, Thank you. And pivoting. I'm intrigued that we can kind of delve into that one. Um, you know, Maybe we can touch on that a bit later in the, the interview. Something that I noticed you'd put out as content on LinkedIn was um, you were running a survey to try to get an insight on where you wanted to take your content. Is that linked to the pivot at all?
1: Yeah, so that survey was really put out there, number one, to get people's input into my content, what they're enjoying at the moment, and also what they'd like to know in terms of different kind of stats and um, questions about places like LinkedIn or other social media platforms. But then there's also the second side of the survey, which is leaning more towards services offered on LinkedIn and how people have had experience with those but also if they were looking for that type of service what would they be looking for
0: awesome and is that survey still running if anyone's listening and they do want to get access to participate can they still do that
1: yeah of course it's completely open
0: Fantastic. I'm going to be posting links to all of your um, personal profiles um, in the show notes, and you know, everyone that's, that wants to take part and have a look at what Gareth's up to, you'll be able to find details in the show notes there. So, listen, I think that's an awesome introduction. It's great to hear that you're so busy with stuff and so driven. It's it's really good when I get to speak with like the younger generation. I'm 41 myself, so we're kind of a, a not, not well, pretty much opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of. I seem to have done a lot, but I'm still hungry for it. And you're hungry for it and just raring to get stuck into things. Um, but what I like to kind of drill down to and get under the skin with my guests is to find out where they are at the moment in life and really find out, I guess, what has made, whereabouts are you in your journey and what has brought you to this point? And I think your story is quite an interesting one
1: yeah of course so for me in terms of the whole kind of personal brand and the branding side of things it really started when i got to university and getting into university was a weird process for me because originally i wanted to do maths and then i went to an open day and sat in the back at the talk of maths and within two minutes i knew that the course wasn't for me
0: I was gonna say somebody who's heavily into sales and then for you to say maths right then at that point, I'm like, wow, can't get much more opposite than that.
1: Yeah, I know. And then from that talk, I was with my girlfriend and we went to the talk that she wanted to go and view. And that talk was the business talk, but it had students that wanted to do marketing, students that wanted to do HR, all these different areas. And I really enjoyed what the woman was saying about marketing. And at the time I was studying business. So it just kind of resonated with me. And then I went on to go and fall into my degree that I'm in now, which is marketing, PR and advertising. And in the first semester of being at university, I got told really to do a Twitter module, which was creating content on Twitter. And it it was pretty straightforward, to be honest. But by creating content on twitter that really got the spark for social media and creating content and then i very soon moved to linkedin all the lecturers told me it's a business platform so i moved to linkedin and i very quickly realized that linkedin isn't quite what people are calling it it's not necessarily a business platform in the sense that it's not like all these other platforms where you can go to find jobs it's a lot more than that especially now that they've added things like video live video
0: you're right it seems that linkedin really it's just come on so so far and in such big leaps and bounds over the years as a platform right
1: yeah and it's crazy how much linkedin has grown especially i've only been on it two years but there's people that have been on LinkedIn before they even allowed pure video content, where it was just images and text. And so to see how much it's growing and how many new faces are coming onto the scene in terms of content creation, that's really, really nice to see. And my passion just grew from there, really.
0: So that was, your, that was very much your, your starting point. This is how you found yourself where you are um, with your business and with your own journey, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, more so my personal brand. My business story is slightly different.
0: Yeah, well, let's finish the the personal side of things and then I'll lead into the business. So if you're, you know, you're forming this brand of your own, this personal brand, um, I'm intrigued for anyone else that's listening that is either resonating with, the, the, the journey that you already have made up to this point, but are listening and thinking, you know, that kind of fits with what I'm doing. What, what would you tell them if they're thinking that social media marketing is, is for them? What, what kind of advice would you, would you say to them?
1: Well, from my own personal experiences, getting started on content creation can be quite tough because i've seen a lot of people especially on linkedin trying to get started in content creation but they just don't know where to start they don't know how to make a video they don't know what content what to talk about all that sort of stuff and the first thing i usually go to is one platform is not necessarily for everyone so for me linkedin works if i go to instagram i don't fall in as naturally as what I would when I come onto LinkedIn. It just, I just understand it. And sometimes it takes that spark. So if you go to a social media platform and you don't feel 100% comfortable, maybe just try a few different platforms, do a bit of posting, see what works best for you internally, and try and get used to one platform first. Trying to take on the world with five different, six different social media platforms usually probably isn't the best place to start. If you really want to build that habit, just start posting content and see what feels more natural to you if you really want to get into the video space but you're scared of getting in front of a camera try starting a podcast first because it's like a stepping stone that's how i see a podcast yeah. it's a stepping stone between just putting out a blog and of course putting out a video on linkedin or youtube and yeah
0: i think i res- I resonate yeah I, I agree with all of that and they're really really good points especially um, I have to kind of turn this on its head and think that if I if I was in university or just coming out of university and I was thinking about embarking on this as a career, I think they're great points. Um, but I can even resonate with them as an established business person who's you know, social media wasn't around when I was was your age. Yeah. And for me, if we picked oh, the podcast point was an interesting one because I have struggled for years producing any type of consistent content. Um, I don't like writing, I find it slow and you know, I might sit down and constantly pick at stuff. I think it's a trait of a designer that you want things to be perfect. And so I find writing very hard and then then you think to yourself, well, I should just get somebody to write a blog for me, but then it's not personal, it's kind of hollow and it's well, it's not, not the right way to go about producing content in my eyes. So mm. why I've, I've gone for a podcast is because I enjoy talking to people. I love, I do like networking. I've, I just like to pick up the phone and chat with people who I've got in my network. And I see the podcast, um, especially this one, as a chance to explore and get an insight into, into, into people's journeys. And I find it fascinating. And
1: that's why I'm doing my podcast. It's a similar process for me as well. I saw a lot of people my age starting blogs, but that just seemed like the quick and easy go-to. And I knew internally by being self-aware enough to know that writing wasn't my forte, it wasn't my thing. And so a podcast is basically an audio blog. So I just thought, you know what, I'll start a podcast. I had no idea what I was doing. And I just jumped straight in the deep end and started recording yeah and
0: it's the same And i think sometimes you've just got to do that you sometimes i don't know if you're the same i get this itch and i'm like i've just got to do this Mm. Um, and i'm I'm enjoying it and i'm only four episodes in and i'm still getting to grips with things and set up and what i'm trying to tell myself is don't get too hung up on the technical details they'll They'll change and they'll advance as as I get better and the show gets better or improves. The most important thing is actually making a start and getting the, the content out there for the listeners, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. And sometimes, even if you are nervous, you just have to jump straight in, do 10 episodes of your podcast, do 10 videos, and then come back and say, okay, that isn't my thing, because if you just don't do it, and you have no experience creating videos, then of course you're going to be nervous. I was extremely nervous creating my first video.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm not quite there with the video side of things, but <laughs> something else that you've done, Gareth, is you've actually done some public speaking as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And so how did you find that, and how big, um, how big a part has that played in shaping yourself at this point?
1: Public speaking for me was a real jump in the deep end. I didn't even realise I was doing public speaking until someone asked me to be a public speaker and then I realised I was already doing it. (laughs) Because I was going to kind of events and workshops and I was speaking at these workshops and teaching people really how to listen to care leavers better in certain industries like being a teacher, being a social worker, all these different industries. And so I was speaking to these individuals, but I didn't actually realize I was public speaking. I just saw it as me delivering a workshop to 10 people. And then soon after I won two awards, very, very close together. And one of them was linked to the Rotary Club, which then from that event, they asked me, hey Gareth, can you come and speak at our, next Rotary Club meeting and so I did that and then it turns out there, the Rotary Club themselves they have multiple kind of area meetings so in one area they've got one group in another area they've got another and I went around all of these groups and I spoke and then people were asking me to speak on stages in front of 100 people and I was like yeah hell I'll do that <laughs> <laughs> point I'd already done 50 to 60 people at the watch. So
0: what, yeah what's the difference right? 40 people?
1: Well I mean I have heard from other speakers that sometimes they much prefer larger audiences as opposed to smaller intimate audiences because they can feel their eyes on them a bit more So sometimes there are, there is a difference believe it
0: or not <laughs> I can imagine I mean the only speaking I've done is um, at weddings I did a speech and i sweated over it and panicked um but i did it and you know for someone that's had issues around anxiety and not i would have never thought i could have done that when you push yourself and you do something like that it's such a uh, like an overwhelming sense of achievement
1: yeah it really is and my last public speaking event was 500 people in this room, which easily could have fit a thousand people. There was lights on me. It was like a stage, sloped seats, everything. Like, it was like being at a theater. And when I got there, I was sitting two rows from the front and I knew what they were going to say before they called me up. And Uh they called up the person next to me, so I knew I was next. And I was sitting there, I could see the door to leave. And I remember looking (sighs) at the door thinking i've got about five minutes to run if i need to (laughs) go and i stayed there in my seat put my feet on the ground and by the time they called my name there was no time to run then so i had to go up and i remember getting on the stage being extremely nervous looking up at the audience realizing i couldn't see the audience because of the lights being on me and then i said my first sentence and it just all went away it was extremely weird I've never had that feeling before but I just felt completely in control of every single word I was saying and then as soon as I got off the stage you kind of get this overwhelming feeling of achievement and accomplishment and happiness and that's part of the reason I really love the roller coaster of being and doing public speaking events
0: I I think it's like a drug it's like an addiction and I can see why people want to do more and more of it yeah um but it's a it's a tough gig and i think um tell me if you agree but i think your brand your personal brand plays a huge part in being able to get in front of the right audiences but the big audiences would you agree
1: yeah i do completely agree and it was only from my past experiences speaking and winning awards that got me to that position in front of 500 people
0: and do you think at this point having done the that public speaking and kind of experience what you had, that you actually had a brand at that point.
1: Yeah, I definitely think I had a brand at that point. It just wasn't where it is today and it wasn't as kind of clean cut, it wasn't online. It was just the Gareth Rafferty name in a sense, really.
0: Yeah, so people knew that you had spoken, but there was nothing, I guess, visually yet for them to associate with you right
1: yeah it was nothing kind of tangible like you, you couldn't go on instagram or linkedin and find me at that point but that was a few years ago obviously doing that 500 speaking event that was last year and by that time i'd already built my brand up a little bit more as well which helped me speak and get more content as well which is quite nice
0: so as things have gone on how what have been the first visual elements that you've started to include in your brand what what have been those things that you've gone right i'm going to design one of these and i'm going to develop this as a look what what have been the first areas for you to pay attention to
1: for my own personal brand the first thing i did i needed a profile picture because every social media you go on they ask you for a profile picture and so i chucked up a photo of me in my suit because I thought it was a business platform at the time on LinkedIn. And that was a photo of me after a speaking event. And then the header image I then moved on to. And I just took a photo of a bunch of brochures from being at university during Freshers Week. And then I just cropped it and everybody comments on how nice my header image is now. And I didn't even realize it was a nice photo. I'm certainly not the best photographer. And then It just kind of went from there. I started doing video. To be honest, I can't really remember the point between making the account and doing video. It was just the next step. I didn't have no real time in between. I tried putting up a few text posts, which did perform well, but I saw everyone on video and I thought, you know what? If these people in America can do it, then why can't I? I mean, that's the area I'm going into, so why wouldn't I? And then it just kind of, compounded
0: i love it and i think um what i'm intrigued to see is where your brand goes from here have you actually planned out or made anything like a five-year vision or do you you know what's going to come next for for you and for your brand personal brand
1: yeah in terms of my personal brand of course earlier on i spoke about how I was making a higher quality content. And I've done that by sitting down for a few hours, looking at the Creative Cloud suite of apps. And I went onto Illustrator and I've created a bunch of graphics, which I now use for things like carousel posts, trying to diversify the type of content I'm putting out there and not just sticking to video. I've also made my content a lot more clean cut so that when I'm making these videos, not only does it look like I'm doing a scrappy video on my phone anymore. Instead, I film on my camera, I add subtitles and I add nice graphics just to add to that feeling of, okay, this is a, an established personal brand. In terms of the future, kind of looking forward, I've actually realized over the past few days how quickly I've started to grow since implementing some of these things. And since February, so about three months ago, I've gained. 500 new followers on LinkedIn and so by the end of the month I should be on 3,000 and by the end of the year who knows I could be on four or 5,000.
0: The next Gary V right?
1: Well <laughs> if he's listening uh, I hope he's prepared. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if he's listening then yeah get in touch with me as well Gary it would be a good <laughs> chat we'll get you on the show. Um, I was going to add in as well Gareth that you've been um kind enough to share your personal brand strategy with some of your followers on LinkedIn as well. If anyone's interested in getting a hold of that, are you still willing to share that if they want to to hit you up on LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, it's only brief. It's only like Monday to Sunday, what type of content I'm posting out, but it might give people an idea of the types of things that they could do as well and how they could tie in different areas of their lives into their content because, truth is you can go on LinkedIn and there are people out there that just post one singular type of content. And I don't just want to talk about marketing stuff all the time. I've got more sides to me. A lot of marketers said that they're like onions. And I completely agree with that because there's not just this one layer to me. There's also the gamer Gareth where I'm playing on my Xbox. And there's also the podcasting Gareth. And I really want to incorporate all of those into my content and so that's why i made this personal brand strategy
0: i love it yeah and um it is so important to have a strategy because i don't really as such i'm you know i i think i maybe like a lot of designers out there can sometimes be guilty of shooting from the hip so like i have an idea and i go with it yeah i don't necessarily plan it out and the podcast is is helping me to focus on a regular, producing regular content. So I'm having interview days and I'm having um, days that I'm doing the post-production and the editing yeah. and the publishing. And so I see this as the start of putting some kind of structure and strategy in place. Um, yeah, I'm hoping, it, I'm hoping it works out Is awesome. I don't think I've even decided really what I want as an outcome, I'm seeing it more as, a passion that I I love talking to people and finding out stuff Um, and if anything happens out off the back of it that's great but it's a real chance to network and meet new people yeah Um, and and that's what I really want out of it
1: that's the same with my podcast mine's purely passion project and my podcast is all about me starting from literally nothing being a student at university to then going on to building this company and i mean who knows how big this company could grow the different things i'm going through building this company is what i try and include in that podcast because no one really shares that you can see people like elon musk gary Vee, grant cardone literally loads of names come to mind when you think of big entrepreneurs but you never see them when they're at the very, very beginning. Gary V does have his wine library videos. I'll give him that. But the truth is you didn't see him when he was working 23 out of 24 hours a day that he always boasts about. You don't see that. And so I'm trying to share as much of that as possible on my podcast.
0: I love it. And I'm going to be posting a link to um, your podcast, Bill, and from the bottom as well. So um, don't worry about that. Because you just said about your business, let's take that opportunity to move into talking a little bit around the business that you have set up. Now, it's important that the listeners understand that you're, you're still young, right? Is this the first company that you've ever set up? Is this the first brand that you've took to market?
1: Well, it kind of is. <laughs> it's the first company I've set up, but before the company that is now Newfound Media, there was another company. It's the story that no one really knows about, unless you've listened to my podcast avidly over the past two years. Right, this company, which, which I haven't, and hence I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and of course, I'll be happy to share. The company I was originally, well, that is now blossomed to be newfound media was originally going to be a company called net social and it was going to be a social media marketing agency like any other social media marketing agency that's out there but then as i started to delve deeper into the idea i was like you know what it can't just be a social media marketing agency because everybody's doing that it needs to have something unique about it and then one day i just kind of woke up and i was like you know what? I don't like the name. New, I don't like the name um, Net Social anymore. I'm changing it completely. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of led to where it is today. And so,
0: Newfound Media. This is—is is this a, a limited company? Or are you sole trader? How have you set
1: it up? So, of course, being my first company, um, I'm probably slightly, slightly naive. But when I was going through the process of actually doing the legal side of things. I wasn't sure whether to go for sole trader or limited company but I had invested in myself by this point and I knew mentally that I could build something even if it doesn't turn out to be the next Vayner Nation that v has got going on. I knew I could build it and so I set it up as a limited company, I went all in um, and yeah it's going well so far, I, I am changing what I'm doing. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, I'm pivoting a little bit more.
0: Yeah, well, let's just chat a little bit on when you switched to Newfound Media. So what was um, the other company? Had that established itself at all? Did it have a marketplace?
1: Well, that company was all idea phase, to be honest. Um, I designed the logo for it. I designed the name, but it never actually fully went to market. I'd showed people on LinkedIn, my designs that I had on my notepad, very, very cheap Sainsbury's notepad. And then it just kind of changed.
0: I'm just intrigued to see at what point it was on, on, you know, that kind of, it didn't sound like it was launched, but it was definitely a concept. Mm. So when it came to new media and you'd said, yep, we're going to, I'm going to roll with this, what are the first things that you got in place so that you were very much you were behind it as a business because i know that and i've read some statements on the website where you've already you look to have established brand mission and some brand values did you start
1: with those yeah being a marketing guy i'm kind of biased towards the marketing side of a business but for me i really started on why was I actually starting this company? I read the very famous book by Simon Sinek called Start With Why. I watched his TED talk as well and I really wanted to dive deep into why was I starting this company? Was it just on a hunt for money or was there actually underlying things that needed to come out?
0: And so once you've, I'm just kind of drilling into the process that you went through. So after you had that, you've been working on things like you can see your um your profile shot and stuff on on your website things like your identity your visual identity at what point does that come into consideration or did that come into consideration for you
1: well by the time i started my company i had already been about a year into building my personal brand so my girlfriend just happens to be a photographer so that really really helped me in terms of building my images really especially images of me, my profile pictures, all of those sorts of things. And then the other elements, I just used what most people use, stock images, there's lots of free ones online, um, to really start to build up that feel of the website. And then colors as well, I worked closely with a designer and she was helping me in terms of pulling out certain colors. I always knew I wanted to go with a yellow and black and white type of theme, but then she suggested really that I could adjust the yellow tone so that it was brighter and it was more modern and gave it that kind of up-to-date digital feel.
0: Awesome um, yeah I mean I think you've done a great job to to get it to this point and you know this is the start of, of its journey I mean how long has it been trading now?
1: It's technically been trading a year but due to me working full-time being in a different country Um, all of these different things. I haven't been able to put as much attention to it as I would have liked, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and sometimes that's just how things start, isn't it? You know, and I I remember some of the um, projects and businesses that I've worked on over the years, um, being able to dip in and out is just how it has to be, you know? Not everybody finds themselves in what you would class as a privileged position where you can just concentrate all of your time and effort on setting up a business. It doesn't generally happen like that. Um, it is set up alongside a full-time job yeah. or it, it, it's maybe a, a side hustle type project that reaches a point alongside a job that reaches a point where it can then expand or, or grow. and increase its revenue so that you can you know work full time on it so i think you're just right at the very start of what whatever this newfound media becomes how um, how have you enjoyed the journey so far on with it all with it all
1: i'll be honest it's definitely been a learning process i have been studying business as a whole for about four to five years now and i know that i'm not even deep. I'm, I'm, I'm like in the shallow end of the pool at the moment. And it's just been crazy how much I've learned from being on calls with people, but also reading lots of books, reading marketing, business books, sales books, the whole process. Sales has been really hard for me to adapt to, being a marketing guy and then trying to move to sales. It's a completely different mindset and I'm reading quite a few books at the moment, trying to conquer that because that side has been quite difficult for me.
0: I'm jealous of your ability to um, consume knowledge through books. I'm not a very good reader, if I'm perfectly honest. And with having family, small children around, I don't have a lot of time to sit down and yeah. absorb books. And I think it's one thing that if I could go back and, and in time and say to myself, you know, give myself some advice when i did have more time um it would be just read a bit more and you know make sure that you're working on that self-improvement game as well um i, I question that i'm asking guests is if the, if you could go back in time 10 years what would you say to yourself but i think the, the age span of Mm -hmm. 10 years would put you at about 11 years old. So I felt like there's not much you could tell an 11-year-old other than don't play on your Xbox so much. But um, if we went back in time, maybe to the start of, um, you know, when you left school or around that starting university, is there anything that you would even say to yourself at this point if if you went back?
1: Well, 100%, um, no matter if I went back 10 years, or if I went back five years, well, it would be a bit more than five years, but no matter how many years I got back, I would always tell myself, go to a social media platform and start creating content. Because, from being on the social media platform that's really where I learned about starting a business and that planted the seed then for me to think oh actually I've already been doing things that are quite entrepreneurial if you want to use that word by doing yeah. these public speaking events and I just never really realized that I was already a kind of solo entrepreneur, if you want to call it that and that's where it really kind of grew and if I started earlier then it would have meant that I'd just be further along in the process.
0: I like that advice and I can actually take a lot from that as a parent because I think as a, an older generation, there's a tendency for, um, well, certainly me, I find myself quite a few hours in the day saying to my son, get off the iPad, what are you doing? And he's not engaging on social media because he's too young,
1: Yeah.
0: but what, but what he, he really enjoys at the minute is some of the online gaming side of things, so he plays Roblox or yeah. Minecraft, and if he's not playing he wants to watch so he wants to tune into some of the streamers channels okay and i can't i I don't understand it but i've i've actually made time to sit down and watch a few to kind of check that they're safe and they're not um you know too old for him but who am i to turn around to him and say you can't watch that because he could well, I know he genuinely enjoys it, but he, like you with the social media, for him and that his generation, he's learning and seeing someone who is making money doing that. So he's learning the same way that you did with the social media platforms. It's just a new way, the new type of business, right?
1: 100%. And there's, there are now a lot of jobs that have either increased the amount of need for those jobs or they're completely new jobs like if you go back 10 15 20 years you couldn't have said to your parents i want to be a youtuber when i grow up because the truth is youtube wasn't even around
0: yeah exactly and i that's why i have to i have to walk a thin line because i he would just sit there all day watching these streamers but if he's genuinely interested in streaming um, I want to get him a little set up and I want to for him to experience it and start producing content of his own because there are children that age earning money, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think all lines have been crossed in terms of age now. I've seen family influencers that have babies on uh, holding the camera and like, yeah. you can't even talk. How are you holding the camera? But it happens. and. That's just the way the world's world's growing. I mean, there's now people that get lots and lots of money just for unboxing a present. I mean, something that you would do naturally every Christmas anyway and every birthday, you're now getting paid to do.
0: Yeah, and I'm guilty. I have watched unboxing videos, so um, (laughs) again, I'm just a bit of a geek when it comes to stuff like that. Um, Listen, I want to just pause and look back at what we've discussed up to this point because the question that I'm asking everybody is to describe their biggest brand dividing moment and you know in other words when did everything change for you
1: mine has kind of been fairly recent actually over the past say six months I've really tried to move into the colour schemes and trying to assign a colour to my brand. And I wasn't entirely sure whether I should go with the business colours, so the same as Newfound Media, or whether I should actually go for a completely different colour, but a similar style so that you can put me and my business together and you could tell that actually they're both the same, they're just separate parts. And Finally, I managed to do that. What I've done is all those designs I mentioned that I've made on Illustrator, I've not only made them in blue, which is now my personal brand color, but I also have them in yellow as well. So I can interchange between whether I'm doing stuff on my personal brand or whether I'm moving more towards the business side, which is quite nice for me now. But back then, I was really trying to figure out can I really assign a colour to my business brand. I've seen people with hats, I've seen people with crazy hair colours, but can I just have a colour on my post and that will automatically tell people that it's Gareth Wafferty. The truth is I'm about a month into using that type of content and it seems to be going down really, really well so far. People automatically have said to me that they've seen the blue and they know it's me now. So that's great.
0: That's really good. And I like how you've chosen um, a visual um, dividing moment. So some people I've spoken to have gone um, more emotional or they've hinged a brand dividing moment on moving ha- moving home and then allowing them to reshape who they are and their business. But to go for something that's just straight up visual, this is one of the biggest shifts and changes so far to date is, is awesome. I think... It's true for um, a number of individual brands, but also businesses that they come up against these the, sim, the same type of, of um, hurdles on their own journeys, and they are what I what I describe as brand dividing moments. They've either received um, outside investment, or they're just at a point where they are really analysing what the business is about and. It's, it's these key moments that really can get staff behind a business or fire up a business owner with like newfound energy and confidence to, to get out there. And you know, I bet even just changing these, these two colours have given you like a, a little bit of lease of life to start doing some more content in this new style, right?
1: Yeah, 100%. And actually, from doing that survey that you mentioned earlier, I've seen people say that, oh yeah, they do like that new style because I wanted to ask that question. Now we're free to form weeks on whether people liked it or whether actually they really hated it. And actually it turns out a lot of the people do like it, which is great to hear.
0: Let me ask you as a kind of last last question just to kind of wrap up stuff. Um, I really want to know Which brand is at the top of your wow list? So I'm asking who your boldest brand of the week is for this show.
1: That's really tough. Um, I think I've got one business one and one personal brand.
0: Let's have two then. (laughs) Let's have one
1: of each. Yeah, yeah. So the business brand, one that many, many people would have heard of and seen is IKEA. I always love the different adverts and ways that they're constantly staying creative with the stuff that they're doing i've seen a campaign from them previous where they turned a flat which had balconies into a set of drawers to promote their new set of drawers that they had created and i just think using that guerrilla marketing techniques always adds a bit of life to these brands and so that's why i pick ikea
0: i love ikea yeah i'll second that one um i think what they do is is fantastic um i've given ikea's i've shown ikea's um brand values to clients who are struggling to come up with brand values so there is a brand that definitely sits up there um at the top of my good example list tell me your personal one then
1: yeah the personal one um i've been watching a lot of this guy's content recently Um, He he used to work very closely with Gary Vaynerchuk, his name is Tyler Babin, he's mainly a YouTuber now, he spent the past year doing the Adobe Creative Residency, basically travelling the world and creating content for a year and Adobe paid him to do it, which sounds amazing to me and just watching him create content and share his knowledge but also just share his thoughts and his perspective has been really enjoyable and the reason i choose this guy is because a piece of content that's actually coming out today from me he set a challenge that during your whilst we're all in coronavirus mode we're all indoors get up your old pieces of content and the old things that you filmed put it together adding a new creative technique that you've never used before and then put it out to the world. You've got one minute and it has to be based around gratitude. Using music bed as well to get your music. And by making that, initially I was quite like unsure about what was going to come from it. I knew that my content filming techniques weren't that great last year. And by pulling it out and trying these new techniques, although the end result isn't that great. It's really allowed me to express creativity in a way which I wouldn't usually do it. And I've definitely learned a lot of things since starting that project and finally coming to the end of that.
0: Fantastic. So a brand that's got you in a new creative zone with your own content then? Yeah, yeah. I love it. So I'm going to put links to both of those in the show notes for anyone that's gone, yeah, I want to check out those brands and see what they're up to. Um, So all that's left to say really is that I wanted to thank Gareth um, for coming on the show. And I want to say that you're an inspiration to people, not only from like a care background like yourself that you've mentioned, but young people that are aspiring to create content but also think even bigger than that so if they're looking at establishing a personal brand or establishing a business brand it's possible at age 21 and i think that to hear your story i hope that someone um gets an insight and learns something from what we've been able to kind of talk about today
1: well and of course a huge thank you for having me i really appreciate it
0: here we are the end of another episode if you want to read more about my own work or my business or if you feel like applying to be a guest on the show which i am looking for new guests if you feel like anything on the show has resonated with you on any level please get in touch you can do all of this via my website which is danielocock.com You'll be able to listen to more episodes on there. You can see some of my designs, some of my illustration work as well. You'll also find all my social media channels. So I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, and there is some stuff on Instagram. You'll be able to engage with me directly on there. The podcast itself is available to download via most of the major platforms out there. So thinking Spotify, iTunes, things like that. If you like the show, then please don't forget to hit share and it would be great to read a review or two from yourselves and um, just to tell them what you think about the show. I will read some of those out at the end of each episode and I'd like to give some special mentions and thanks to anyone who does take the time to write one. And on that note, I just want to say thank you for listening to this episode. And remember, if you're not proud of your brand, how do you expect anyone else to be?